good morning. Welcome to Hope Church. You're with us on week two of a series called A New Way to Be Human. A New Way to Be Human. I love those songs that we sang today. I love worshiping. I, I get in the car every Sunday morning and I, and I put this playlist on and I listen to these words of these songs that we're about to sing. And throughout the week, I listen to these songs and just love, love, love the words that God could call us out to a place of beyond our comfortability, beyond the place of just our normal, and just get us out there with him and where we, only he can help us to get through what we have going on. And so Peter in the Bible was a man who said, Jesus, if that's you, call me out there. And he gets out of a boat, a place of comfortability, a place of normalcy, a place where he's been in a thousand times being a professional fisherman, and God called him out on a, on a place where he wasn't used to, where it wasn't his normal. And so I believe that God, for all of us, wants us to have a new kind of way. I, I want to live the kind of life where God can call me anywhere. God will take me anywhere and I'll just be up and ready to go wherever he wants me to go. And that's scary, 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 scary. But being scared or being where God wants us to be is the best place you can be. And so we're hoping today that we can help you with a mindset on this idea of being a new kind of human and being a new kind of person that God wants you to be in your life. We started this series of three weeks ago and we looked at the enemy of a new way to be human is Satan. Satan, Bible says Satan wants to kill steal and destroy you. He wants to tear your life apart. He wants to tear you from limb to limb. He wants to devour you. That's his goal in life, just to tear you apart. That's what he wants to do. And so he is the enemy of a new way to be human. Your spouse is not an enemy of a new way to be human. They're, your boss is not the enemy. Your friend that you can't get to see the same way. If you're a high school student or a middle school student, your mom and dad is not your enemy. The enemy is Satan. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy from you. The Bible says that God wants to give us this a great and amazing life, but Satan wants to come in and hijack that life that God has for each one of us. He is the enemy of a new way to be human. And last week we talked about the fact that you, you got this book and you got a plan this year and you planned out your life and you want to have this life. You want your 2017 to be better than your 2016 or you don't want a repeat of last year. You want to have a better year. And so you take out this journal and you want to start changing your habits. You do, you do want to be called out on the waves. You do want to live a new kind of way of human. You want to have a new year and a new you. You want to have a different mindset. You want to have a different thought life. You want everything to be better this year. You want that. But the reality is that starts in your heart. It starts in your heart. Everything that we do, it comes, the Bible says it, it comes from your your heart. And so we looked at last week that the best hearts or healthy hearts live in healthy environments. Healthy hearts live in healthy environments. And if you want to have a healthy heart, you have to stop the trash from coming in. You have to stop the dysfunction from coming in. You have to put yourself in uh, this in, in an environment where you can be healthy, where you can grow. And you got to have good blood and good clean, good, clean oxygen going into your heart so that you can have a better heart. And for you and I to be the kind of humans that God wants us to be, it starts in our heart. Everything starts in your heart. And so you have to have a healthy heart. And if you're in here today, you probably would say, yeah, man, Wes, that's me. I want to have a, a healthy heart. But after your heart, I believe that after your heart, everything goes to your, your mind. It goes from your heart and then it goes to your mind. I feel like a lot of life is like that. You want to have this pure heart. And so you sign up, you're like, or I'm going to follow Jesus and I'm going to give God my heart or I'm going to give God a space to, to be like him. And it starts in my heart. But then what happens is that heart, that heart, the feeling you want to have your heart, and then it goes to your mind and our minds can mess us up. Can't they just nod your head with me? Because we all agree that your mind, I think the battlefield, a lot of times that Satan wants to try to get us on is on a, on a mind level, I wrote down this today, that Satan can't change your heart, but he can confuse your mind. Satan can't change your heart, but he can confuse 
your mind. So it's not Satan's job in here to come in here and take any of your heart and, and destroy your heart. He, he can't do that. He can't take away your heart from you. And if you came today or you've come sometime and you said, Jesus, I give you my heart. I commit my life to you. Like almost 100 people have given their life to Jesus in our short 14 months of being a church. If you've given your life to Jesus, then Satan can't take your heart from you. Satan can't take back what God's done in your heart. But what happens is Satan begins to flirt and hang around in your mind, Satan can't change your heart, but he can confuse your mind. If you're honest in here today, that we, and a lot of us in here today, we can get very confused in our mind. Our heart can be right, but our mind can be in a place where we don't really want it to be. How many of you guys in here, you have kids? You have kids. Have you ever said this phrase before? Hey, would you make up your mind? Would you just make up your mind? My son, he's, he's, he's becoming a little bit of a, fa- a fashionista, and um, I don't know where he gets that from. But I get, to the, I get him now to the place now where he, I get his clothes. I'm like, son, you like these shoes? Dad, I love those shoes. Those are my favorite shoes. Get the shoes out. I'll say, son, you like these socks? These are awesome socks. No, I don't want those socks. Son, these socks, these are your best socks. I love these socks. I wish I had these socks. No, Dad, I don't want, I don't want to wear those socks. Which ones do you want? I'll take out two beer. Um, son, make up your, make up your mind. You, you, you got to make up your mind. And then we get from socks to shirts. So I'm just, you know, systematically, I grab the shoes out, the jeans. He's like, I said, what jeans do you want? He goes, I want the ones I wore yesterday. I said, those have a big stand. He goes, I want you to wash them. <laughs> and so you went to the farmer's market. He's got a big old, he's like, go wash those. I love those jeans. Those are my favorite skinny jeans. I'm like, I'm so proud of you, son. So I go get his jeans, and I throw his jeans in the washing machine. I, I get them dry because the best pair of jeans are the ones that come fresh out of the dryer. I get them laid out. And I say, all right, son, I got that. So let's talk about shirts. All right, Dad, let's, let's nail down the shirts. And he goes, I want that one. I said, son, there's 20 shirts here. <laughs> You know, that one right there, I said, this one here. And I'm trying to lead him in a decision to the shirt I want him to wear that I wish I maybe I personally had the same kind of shirt, you know. And some of you guys are thinking, you guys are almost the same size. Um, but I, I take the shirt, I'm like, son, this shirt right here? He goes, no, dad, not that one. The red, white, and blue one. I said, son, I think you wear this one frequent. So I'm trying to explain to my kid, you don't want a frequent shirt. You want, you want people to think, you, you know, you, you got a, a thick wardrobe. I said, you wear this one frequent, son. Let's lead this one Let's leave this one here. He goes, no, Dad, I really like that one. And then I, I was moving. I said, what about this one? No, no. I, I pulled the shirt out of the hanger, out of, out of the closet, and I went, oh, my goodness. I said, you haven't worn this one yet. And, he, and I said, this is the best shirt in the closet. He went, he goes, I want to wear that one. I'm like, man, this kid's thick. I like this. this is my kind of guy. So I'm like, son, I said, I'm going to wear this. I said, I'm going to take this to the laundry room. I said, I'm going to iron, iron this shirt. I said, when you wake up tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning this shirt is going to be so fresh. It's going to be so ironed. You're going lo- to look killer in this shirt. So I, I wake up this morning, and I, 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 I don't wake up to my alarm clock. I wake up to a different kind of breathing, and uh, it's my son on the floor breathing. I'm like, why is this kid in my room, you know, and I said, so I wake up, and I said, I, I sit up, I look down at him, he's down on the floor, he just goes, <laughs> he just smiles, I said, well, what are you doing in here, he said, oh, I just woke up early, I said, well, did you turn your alarm clock, he is, he has an alarm clock now, and so I said, did you turn your alarm clock, I said, that's going to go off in about 15 minutes, and we've got these alarm clocks from Amazon, and they are the loudest alarm clocks we've ever heard in, my, in our entire lives, it's like it's like having a fire truck right behind you. It's loud. We can hear it across the whole entire I said, 
did you turn off? He goes, yeah, I turned off. He goes, but it didn't go off yet. I said, it didn't go off yet because you're supposed to be sleeping for 15 more minutes. <laughs> so he gets in there, and I'm, I'm getting a shower, and he's getting ready, and he gets his jeans on. I see him out there working it together and puts a shirt on. He goes, he knocks on the, on the shower door. I said, what do you want? I'm trying to be quiet, dying to sleep in, in, the, in the room next to us. He goes, shirt's too long. I can't wear this. <laughs> I go, no, 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 no. He goes, and, and the sleeves, I said, buddy, we can roll sleeves. He goes, dad, I don't like the way it fits like this. I'm like, what I've got myself into. And so I said, son, you look good in that. So I'm trying to, I try to can get his mind, try to get his mind prepared. I try to get him to make up his mind this year. I really thought I had him cornered in on this thing. And the very next day, his mind changes completely. And I think we're a lot like that. Sometimes we get our mind made up, we get our mindset, or maybe God gets our mindset and we're good to go. And we're on this path and we say, Wes, I'm going to be a new human. I've been here for three Sundays in a row now. I've seen the, the Netflix show Minimalist. I've got my life together, Wes. I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be at. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And we get our mindset, but then sometimes our mind takes a left turn, doesn't it? Well, we're going well, we're going strong. Monday through Friday is going good. Saturday is going good. I saw a guy post uh, last night, a pastor, that, that going to church on Sunday morning is a Saturday night decision. Start counting the hours of sleep, you know. But we get our mind going in our mind and direction, but what happens, and we get our heart in that direction, we get our mind on board with our heart, and then what happens is we get going and we start making a right-hand turn. Our mind begins to, to change. And if you can't get your mind right, we can't be who God's called us to be. It's like, man, we have this right heart and, and the heart's in the right place, but then our mind begins to get sidetracked and we live most of our life trying to get our mind back on the right track. Would you agree with me today? Doesn't it feel like that's a lot how life is? Man, I want to wear that shirt. I want to follow Jesus. I want to do this. And then all of a sudden, here comes something in the way. I believe there's three things that can mess your mind up in here today. There's three things that, that can mess any, anyone's mind up. Uh, I think it's, it's Satan. I think he sometimes just, he just comes after you. He just tries to throw these thoughts in your mind, and, and he begins to sidetrack God's plan for our life. I believe Satan can do that. Not only do I believe Satan can do that, I believe our situation can sidetrack us. Our situation can get us off track of where we're headed. We you know, I want to I have the right kind of mind. But our situation, we start looking at our situation, we're like, man, things aren't looking the way they're supposed to look. This is not the right way. I don't like this situation. And then not only do we are Satan in our situation, and I think sometimes it's ourself. It's ourself. God could never, God, you, could, you, you, you can't use me, God. God I, God, I could never follow you. God, I could, and we begin to tell God what he can't do. My situation's not right. I'm not in the right place my own self. Satan is, is killing me. And all that, all those things work in our, in our mind. And our mind can get so easily distracted. Every single one of us, our mind can get distracted. And so I want to look at a couple of verses, if I can, with you today. If you have a Bible Great. If you don't, I'm going to work through three different verses um, today, three different um, chunks of Scripture. It'll be up on the screen for you. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love for you to go through this new year with the Bible. Um, if you get the email, there's a, we, we, we put in there this past week, there's a way to get on version, and you can follow, um, you can read through the Bible this year. You can read different things about what you're going through. And, but if you want to have a, an actual Bible, we'd love to give you one. Romans chapter 8 is where I want to start off today. The Bible says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit 
have their minds set on what the spirit desires. So check this. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The goal in life is to have a mind that's surrendered to the spirit, to the Holy Spirit. Your mind needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. That is the goal for life, is to have a life, that, a mind that is led by the Holy Spirit. And when that happens, we can live the life that God has for us. We can have the right mind. And we all want to have the right mind, but that only happens if we're led by the Spirit. And here's the thing that we all want to hear today. We all want to have peace. But you know where peace comes from a lot of times? It comes from whether or not we're, what kind of, what's going on inside of our mind. We want to live these peace-filled lives but we don't have these lives that are surrendered to the Spirit. And if our life's not surrendered to the Holy Spirit, it's hard to have that peace that God wants to give you. And God wants to give every single one of you guys peace. He wants to give you peace. So he says here, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. And I love this. Um, the, 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 the writer of, of Colossians is writing to the people at Colossae. And he's saying to them, hey, guys, we're, we're walking through your faith journey. We're walking through this idea of a new way to be human. You guys are followers of Jesus. We're trying to work through what it means to live the life that God's called you to live. And here's what he says here in Colossians chapter 3. He says, since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And here's what he says. Check this out. You gotta, if you have a Bible, underline this. Set your mind on things that are above not on earthly things. That song we sang, the ocean is, a, is an earthly thing. That is an ocean. And, and if God calls you on the ocean, you've got to get your eyes off of your situation. You've got to get your eyes off yourself. You've got to get your eyes off this. And you have to get your eyes above that. You've got to get your eyes on Jesus. He says here, you've got to set your mind on things so much higher than your situation. I know our, I know our situation. I know your situation can be tough. I'm not going to take that away. I, I know that you're, the things that you have going on around yourself, I know those things aren't easy. I know that Satan is tricky. The Bible says that he's tricky. He's clever. He's, he's sneaky. He's, just, he's, he's like a lion. The Bible says, if you ever watch National Geographic or look at it, you see a lion chasing, or if you ever watch um, cartoons, you see a lion, he gets low and he gets in the, underneath the, the, the ground there and underneath all the brush, and he sneaks up on you, then he just pounces you and just jumps on you quick. Before you, he doesn't come at you where you can expect it. He sneaks through you, and then he just jumps on your mind, and he attacks your mind. But the Bible says, and Paul says to these people, hey, guys, don't get your minds focused on your stuff. Get your minds on Jesus. Get your mind on Jesus. And then he says, get your eyes off your situation. Get your eyes off of yourself and get your eyes off of the enemy. <clears throat> Romans chapter 12, the Bible says this. And so, I like when the Bible says that. So Romans 1 through 11, and he's cruising through here, and, and, and the writer of Romans is giving these guys their theology, and he, he's telling them about salvation. He's telling them about grace. He's telling them about, um, about how they're supposed to live their life and how what God's done for them, and his blood covers all their sins. He explained all that, and he says, And so this, guys, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let your body be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Do you want that in your life? Do you want your life to be acceptable to God? 
Do you want to have a life in such a way where God looks at you and says, man, I, I love where you're headed. Man, I'm so proud of you. I like that when people are in progress, I love to tell them I'm proud of you. Hey, you're doing a great job. Hey, hey I'm proud of you. I'm, you're, you're doing good. Keep on going. Quadrant's here today. And he's, he's, this is his first time, and he's, he's, he's visiting today. And today he says, I, I met him today. He's friends with um, Brooke and Ron, my, my family. And I, and I said, hey, why are you coming to church? He goes, Ron brought me. I said, how did you meet Ron? He said, I'll let Ron tell you the story. And Ron begins to tell me Quadrant's story. Kicked out of school, doing the wrong things, not in the right place at the right time, Get, you know, going from house to house to house, no doubt. And he begins to explain to me his entire situation. He says, and I met, I met, doctor, I met, I met the Fulmores, and the Fulmores, they, they took me in. And they loved me, and they, and they, get, you know, they helped me, and, they, and they've been here for me. They just kind of took me in. I, I love that story. I love where, that, I love where that's going. And, and, I, and, I, and I saw a quadrant. I said, I'm proud of you. And I said, well, what are you doing now? He goes, I leave Thursday. I'm going to college. He's like, I'm going to college. What happened was, again, he goes, he goes, you're probably excited about church. I said, I'm excited about church every day. And he says, you got a college student in your church today. And I didn't know what that meant, but now that I know his story, that's a big deal for him. He said, man, I, I've made it. He, and he's and we're out there talking. He goes, you know, my, I said, man, you're, I love your story. He goes, oh, this ain't the end, man. He goes, this is just another chapter. The end's going to be good, though. I'm like, that's my guy. This guy's made up his mind that the end's going to be better than the beginning. And your story in here today, your, your beginning might have been ratchet or rough or ragged or whatever R word you want to make up. Your, it could have been terrible. But your end doesn't have to be like your beginning. You can have, the end of your story could be incredible. Chapter 28 and chapter 29 and chapter 30, I, you know, I, I've been married for 12 years. And I can say this, that year 12 was better than year one. Year one and year two was hard. <laughs> it was hard for me year one. It was hard for Dinah year two. <laughs> so basically it was two years of chaos. <clears throat> First five years were tough, but it gets a little bit better. Gets, we've learned a lot more. We've gotten a little better. Someone said to me, how's the church going? I said, the first six months of planning a church with your wife is hard. Marriage life, family life, kid life, church life. We, we didn't get a break from each other for the first six months. Now we've kind of figured out some sort of system to make it work. So we haven't, we haven't killed each other yet. We've gotten close, but we haven't. That's all that matters. But I love people that are in progress. I'll say, hey, man, you're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. Hey, let's keep on going. We want to we be in progress. We want things to be going better. We want people to say, hey, man, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. And Jesus says in here, if you're going to be a new, way, a new way for you to be humans, for you to be living this life that God has for you to live, and people will say, hey, man, you're, God said, hey, man, you're doing good. I'm, I'm, this is acceptable. You're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. I want God to pat me on the back. I don't know about you. I want to be doing things that matter in such a way where God's like, hey, man, that matters. I want to live in such a way where my life counts for, for what God's called me to and count for the people. And he says, man, let's, the kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. <clears throat> now here's, this is important, lock in with this verse right here. Verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does God transform me into a new person, Wes? By changing the way I think, a.k.a. it starts in your mind. It's in your mind. He captures your heart, and then from your heart, he begins to change your mind. Trans, he says, um, don't, be con don't be conformed to the customs and the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says here, you've got to renew your mind. You've got to change 
your mind. So if you're here today, you're like, Wes, help me. I want help. That's what I came here for. That sounds good. That sounds really good. Like, I want my mind to be above. I want my, my eyes set above the waves. I want to be able to live this life where I have peace, Wes. I want peace, Wes. I want to be spirit-led. I want all those things. Wes, how do I do that? Please, 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 please help me. The way that you attain these things that we're reading today is that you have to begin to change and asking God to help you change your mind. You need a mind. You need a mind change. We need to we need to make up our mind. And I, I believe in here today, I said to you guys last week that doing the wrong thing is more work than doing the right thing. I heard that this week. I was like, man, that just, that, that last week, and that just, that, that just pounded into my mind. You have to try hard to do the wrong thing. You have to sneak around and do this and do that and do this and do this and do that and do that. And you have to, you have to work harder to do the wrong thing than you have to, than it is to do the right thing. But we got to make a decision today as a church and as a community, as, as, as followers of Jesus, that we're just going to make up our mind to do the right thing. We're going to make up our mind to have the mind that God has for us and to, be in the, to, to have these things that God's promised to us. And these promises that God has for us, they don't have an expiration date. These promises in here today that you can have peace if your mind's right, that's still valid today. Man, Wes, I want peace. Wes, I want to... I want to I set my heart and my mind on things that are above. I, I want to do that. I don't want to be so focused on this earth. Did you, you know why it's important for us not to focus on this earth? And you want to know why Paul says that in this passage of Scripture? Because earth is temporary. This is not our final home. Is having a nice home, is that bad, Wes? Absolutely not, but it's only temporary. Wes, is having a nice car bad? Absolutely not, not because it's, but it's only temporary. Whitney's here today, and she's a skier. She's a really, 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 really good skier, and I'm not going to get into all that. <clears throat> but I guarantee you this, when she skis, she skis behind a really, really nice boat. It isn't a—I remember when I first started wakeboarding, Whitney, I, when I first started wakeboarding, my wife came home one day, she goes, babe, I bought you a gift today. I was like, what'd you buy me, baby? I love gifts. What'd you buy, daddy? <laughs> Sometimes she calls me daddy. Okay, no, she doesn't. But anyways, <laughs> sounded good. I'm like, what'd you buy, daddy, girl? You know? <clears throat> she goes, I bought you a jet ski. And I'm like— where is that bad boy at? But she bought me Whitney one of those old Sea-Doo's, which they're gold. They're light. You can spin those things around. She bought it for 300 bucks at a garage sale. I'm like, baby, and you saved us money. Get over here. Come to daddy, you know. Um, <clears throat> so that night I got, the, she said, hey, you got to go pick it up. And I got my, my, got my Ford Explorer and I drove over and I got that jet ski. I, I pulled that jet ski over to Thad Penland's house. He, had, he, was a, he was a good old boy from Jacksonville and you know me, I don't have any tools, so I got there with Thad, and Thad's like, hey, we're going to get this thing running. So that night, we, we pulled that spark plug out, and we fired the thing up, and we had oil shooting that thing because they oiled the casing right. And I started wakeboarding behind a little Sea-Doo, ghetto little Sea-Doo. But it was so awesome, man. We could put three, three high school kids on that thing and a wakeboard. They don't make jet skis like that anymore, man. It just, it had none of the electronic stuff, all the, it had no fancy stuff. It was just old, but it was awesome. It ran so dang good, if you ever had that Sea-Doo. But then we moved from there. We graduated from, I graduated from that, Whitney. It got better. I went from that little, little sea-doo to a kid in the youth group said, hey, my dad bought us a boat. I'm like, I can't wait to see this boat. I'm thinking aeronautique, ski nautique. I can't wait. But you know, if your dad buys you a boat when you're 15 or 16, you're not getting the 120,000, 220,000 boat. You're not getting that. You're getting the kind of boat that his buddy, he did barter work for. So we got that old ghetto boat and we had that boat and his dad came home and he says, man, we're going to make this thing. We're going to put a ski tire on this thing. I'm like, I can't wait for it to put a ski tire. You know what a ski tire means when you're poor? It means you go get an eight-foot fence pole, 
and you put the eight-foot fence pole in the middle of the boat, and you put ratchet straps on all four corners. Whitney, we made it big time, Whitney. We were loving it. You know, we, we were happy because it wasn't the sea-dew anymore. It wasn't a little sea-dew where there was no wake. We can't, when, you're at a, when you're wakeboarding, you, you need some, 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 some waves. You need some bigger. So we're jumping on this little thing on the wakeboard. Now we have this boat where the wake is it's five feet across. I'm like, man, we're making it big. Then Caitlin Winters called us, and Caitlin says, hey, my dad's buying us a better boat. Well, Caitlin's dad was rich, so I couldn't wait to see what kind of boat that Caitlin Winter's dad had. Like, we're not, we're, we're stepping our game up. We're going big. So we pull up to the house, and I, I don't know if you went with us the very first time now, but we get there, and it's houses in the, we, we pull in, started seeing houses in the 800s, houses in the one points, and houses in the, and I'm like, this is gonna be nice. But we pulled up, and Caitlin Winters had a $120,000 air antique in the driveway. I'm like, this is a boat here. This is what I'm talking about. This is, it just got better and it got better and it got better. And that was fun until I hit the wake for the very first time. It set me so high, you guys. I, I'm probably going too far in this and you're like, what, this is how many points doing the sermon. It does. This thing shot me so high. I was looking down at the boat. There's a wake of two feet. I mean, it was just monstrous. But you know what we had to do in that, in that, in that process? Every time we would get to those, in, in, uh, riding that progress and, and progressing from this little, we had to get our minds a little bit more stretched, a little bit more so we could imagine getting further and further and, and it getting better and it can get better and it can get better and it can get better. It got better and it got better and it got better. But we had to get our minds prepared for better and better and better and better. We just had to. I just, my mind was so small, but every time my mind got stretched, my mind was just set for bigger and better and better and better. And I think for us as Christians in here today and for followers of Jesus and people that want, we have to get our minds stretched for better and for more and for more and for more. We've got to get our, our mind around the fact that God can do more than we think he can do. And God is doing more than we think he can do. And God still wants to continue to use it. We have to get our minds wrapped around that. we got to get our minds around the fact that if it ain't over, it ain't over. If you woke up today without a chalk line around your body, it is not over for you yet. There is more. You've got to get your mind wrapped around more. You've got to get your mind wrapped around a life that could be pleasing to God. You've got to get your mind. I was listening to a lady uh, last night, that she, a pastor that I listened to, and she was abused for the first 12 years of her life. And she said, you know what I could have done? I could have lived the next 12 years and the next 12 years and the next 12 years as, as someone who was abused and that was adopted and didn't know my mom, didn't know her name. She goes, I could live that, but I made a decision. I made up my mind that I was going to live a better life the next 12 years and the next 12 years I made it lived a better life. The next 12 years I lived a better life. And for us as a community, we've got to make up our mind that our past doesn't have to be our future. We've got to live in a different way. We've got to get our mind open. So Wes, I need to change my mind. I get it. How do I change my mind? Here's how you change your mind. Number one, I wrote down this prayer. <clears throat> Before you change your mind, you gotta have your mind cleansed. Prayer will cleanse your mind. Prayer cleanses your mind. Because you're talking to God. When you pray, you know, we're a new community, we're a new followers of Jesus. Like, what, do you, what does it mean? When you pray, when you talk to God, it begins to cleanse your mind. You know what I've gotten to? I, I told someone today, I, I've never I've prayed a lot this week. Monday racked my mind. I didn't, I, this whole week has been a crazy week, and I find myself looking over my shoulder a lot more. I told Diana I feel silly, but I, like, I, I was like, I, 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 did, I, carried, I carried for a while. I had concealed weapons for so I carried for a while, and, and then I quit carrying for a while, but I feel like my, my mind's being to change. I feel like I gotta start carrying again, and 
which my concealed weapons permit is in, my, in a different vehicle. And so I haven't been able to, but my, my mind has been getting filled. And I've been, I've been a little bit worried, but I need my mind. You know, but you know what I found myself doing this week when I was like, as I started worrying, I started getting my mindful. I, I began to talk to God and say, God, I want to have the, God, I want you to help me. Because when you begin to pray, it stops those thoughts from flowing in. You ever notice it's, it's kind of hard to do something bad while you're doing something good? It, it's, it's hard. You know, for me, I, sometimes I, I get so, I get frustrated with my situation or my stuff, but if I start helping somebody else, it helps me to realize my situation is not that bad. And so I say, God, I, God, I don't want to have these thoughts. God would, you, God, would you take these thoughts or, hey, God, I want to, God, what do you want for my life, God? What do, you, what do you want for me? What do you want for me? What do you want from me? Like, God, what do you, well, when I begin to talk to God, it's hard for those thoughts to be coming to my mind. And I realize that prayer can begin to cleanse my mind. And we need our minds cleansed. We need like a shot of bleach in our mind just to change, to cleanse it, cleanse it all out. Our minds can get so muddy. You know what your default mind is? My default mind is do whatever makes me feel good. That's my default mind. What do you want, Wes? That's my default mind. What, is, what do I want? What do people around me want? I, and I want what they want. <laughs> I don't need the same boat that, that Whitney has when he makes a living behind a boat. I make a living with a microphone in the Bible. <laughs> I don't need a boat to do that. Do I want one? If someone gives me one, yes, I'll take it. Absolutely, I like gifts. I mean, why wouldn't I? But I have to get, I have to have my mind cleansed. And when I talk to God, it always begins to clean out my mind. And here's the second thing I wrote down. God's word can change your mind. God's word can change your mind. I, you know, when you, when we, we, we let in this morning with scripture, <clears throat> those things, if you begin to memorize those scriptures, you can actually they actually can actually stay in your mind. So whenever things go sideways, you can start quoting scripture. I'm gonna get my mind, I'm gonna set my mind on things that are above. I'm gonna renew my mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let God change my mind. Things, I'm gonna look at things that are pure and things that are lovely and things that are the right things because they will begin to change my mind. I wrote down this, you will need to fill your mind with truth or you'll fill your mind with other trash. If you don't fill your mind with truth, if you don't fill your mind with truth, you'll fill your mind with other stuff. And it isn't hard to find our stuff to fill your mind with. You agree with me? It's easy. It's easy to fill your mind with, I can't do it. That's easy. I can't do it. It's impossible for me. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been a Christian for very long. Or you know what, I'm just, I'm just my situation's gonna always be bad. The Bible says, and lastly, I'll finish with this, but the Bible says in Corinthians, and Paul writes again later to another church, he says, you gotta take your thoughts captive. Hey, my wife says this to me all the time, and we, we talk about our mind a lot. We, we feel like most people struggle in their mind. People will come to this church and they'll say, Wes, I wanna be a Christian. Romans 3, 23, the Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Got it. Bible also tells in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes upon him shall be 
saved. And we believe that. And then we say Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. And people will get saved almost every week at this church. And you know what I realized? What I've realized is that people get saved and then it's very easy. This happens a lot here. The last year's coming out. And then the very next week, they'll want to raise their hand and say, I need to get saved again. You want to know why that happens again? When do I raise my hand again? Do you want to know why? Because of our mind. Because here's what, here's what happens. As you give your life to Christ, and God, oh, I commit my life to you. God, you can have my life. And then Satan says to me, Satan, or right after that, Satan says to you, hey, you don't deserve grace. You don't deserve God's love. And you know what? And we don't even know how to, and the problem is because we're new Christians, we don't even know how to argue back with them. Because you know what you should say to Satan is? You're right. I don't deserve it. You're right. Surprise. That, even I know that. We should be able to say that. But because we don't know to say that, it's hard for us. I didn't know, I didn't want to say, like Satan told me the day that I wasn't good enough. None of, none of us are good enough for God's grace. That's the beauty of it. Is it, well, you're, you're not, you can't do enough good stuff to get it. Well, that's good because we don't have to do anything to get God's grace. It's a free gift. No one deserves it. He lived a life that you and I couldn't live. He died to death that you and I should have died. He, he covered it. It's free. It, it's not logical. That's why it takes faith. It doesn't make any kind of sense. We can't, it's even hard to explain the gospel sometimes. Let me get this straight. I was imperfect. I deserved hell. But Jesus came and made a way. Yeah, that's it. What's the catch? There is no catch. But Satan starts getting our minds saying, hey, you're not good enough. You don't deserve it. The Bible says that we got to take captive our thoughts. We have to snatch our thoughts up and say, this is it. Here's what I believe today. And I'm done. The band can come up or I'll keep talking. Because I want to, Whitney. <laughs> Here's what I believe in here today. You can, you can make it in this Christian journey. But you, and you, and you, and you, and you, you have to take your thoughts captive. You have to snatch your thoughts up. And you know what would be awesome is if I could snatch your thoughts for you. I love that. I wish I could just snatch, I could say, hey, bad thoughts, come and let me grab that. I wish I could, I can't do that. And, if, and you guys, a lot of you guys, most of you, you like me and you love me. But most of you guys, it'd be great if you could snatch some thoughts that come my way. You just snatch them. It'd be great if you do that for me, but you get different. I can only I can take captive my thoughts. Only you can take captive your thoughts. But we, I believe today we have to make a decision that we're going to start taking them captive. We're going to pray and let God cleanse our mind, and we're going to read God's word, and we're going to let Him change it. We're going to let Him fill up our mind so much that the negative thoughts begin to leave, and only He can do that. But we got to do it. We got to take. We got to let Satan know that there's a new battle plan. And it's prayer and God's word. And we're not, we're ignoring him now. We're taking our thoughts captive. Let me invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.